it's really all about perspective. And so it's an inside job. So I would say that many of us have a lot of inner work to do and to attend to before we start judging other people. And so it's the old thing, you don't throw stones if you live in a glass house. And, you know, all of us will be on our knees at some point in our life. Life does not let anyone off of that. So in a way, there's no need for you to judge or for us to judge or for us to tell another person. And as we always say, the best, most powerful thing is to be a living example. Rich Roll Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to or back to the podcast. Uh, this is the show where each week I have the great privilege of going deep and wide with some of the most interesting, compelling, inspiring, thought-provoking thought leaders across all categories of positive social and culture change. But this week we're going to do things a little bit differently. Uh, this is another edition of Ask Me Anything, which is something we haven't done in a little while. Uh, and today, Julie is here once again. Hi, Julie. Hi, Rich. My sometime co-host. Sometimes wife. Yeah, it's been a while since we've done uh, an Ask Me Anything, so nice to have you back in that chair. Thanks so much. Thanks for having me on your show. Yeah, it's going to be great. So um, we talked beforehand about a couple subject matters that we wanted to get into today. Um, but before we get into that, today's episode is brought to you by... We're brought to you today by On. I am a total gearhead. I love researching the latest technology for the sports I enjoy. And I've learned that people often overlook apparel. But what you wear isn't just clothes. It is, without a doubt, technology. Technology that can make or break a performance. And I can tell you, after spending two full days meeting with the apparel wizards at On Labs in Zurich, that On is innovating in this space like no other with next-gen premium fabrics and just this heightened level of sophistication and precision and testing and development and intentionality previously unheard of that puts them just miles beyond the competition. I've been rocking On's high-performance running apparel, including the long tees, the weather jackets, even the climate jacket, all super lightweight, tailor fit, built to move, and just gorgeous to get you out and get it done in fleet foot comfort, no matter the weather. I'm super proud to be a brand partner with this impressive team from increasing product sustainability to improved energy return and impact protection, truly Swiss innovation at its finest. To get you moving, On is offering an exclusive 10% discount. To redeem, head over to on.com slash richroll and use code richroll10 at checkout. We're brought to you today by recovery.com. I've been in recovery for a long time. It's not hyperbolic to say that I owe everything good in my life to sobriety. And it all began with treatment and experience that I had that quite literally saved my life. And in the many years since, I've in turn helped many suffering addicts and their loved ones find treatment. And 
With that, I know all too well just how confusing and how overwhelming and how challenging it can be to find the right place and the right level of care, especially because unfortunately, not all treatment resources adhere to ethical practices. It's a real problem, a problem I'm now happy and proud to share has been solved by the people at recovery.com who created an online support portal designed to guide, to support and empower you to find the ideal level of care tailored to your personal needs. They've partnered with the best global behavioral health providers to cover the full spectrum of behavioral health disorders, including substance use disorders, depression, anxiety, eating disorders, gambling addictions, and more. Navigating their site is simple. Search by insurance coverage, location, treatment type, you name it. Plus, you can read reviews from former patients to help you decide. Whether you're a busy exec, a parent of a struggling teen, or battling addiction yourself, I feel you. I empathize with you. I really do. And they have treatment options for you. Life in recovery is wonderful, and recovery.com is your partner in starting that journey. When you or a loved one need help, go to recovery.com and take the first step towards recovery. To find the best treatment option for you or a loved one, again, go to recovery.com. I'm super proud to announce my next venture, Voicing Change Media. This beautiful consortium of thinkers, storytellers, artists, and visionaries all committed to fostering meaningful exchanges and sharing thought-provoking content. Voicing Change Media will feature shows like The Proof with Simon Hill, Soul Boom with Rain Wilson, Mentor Buffet with Alexi Pappas, Feel Better Live More with Dr. Rangan Chatterjee, and The Conversation with Amanda Decadene. You can explore this network and all its offerings at voicingchange.media. All right, community. So, uh, one of the things that came up in the podcast with Alexis Fox and uh, and Micah last week um, in recapping the plant stock adventure uh, was something interesting Alexis said that I've been thinking about a lot. Like I've always thought, I go to a lot of these events and I see some of the same people attending and I've often thought, why are they coming back to hear you know these lectures from these doctors and people when they've already heard the lecture? Like they should take the information, incorporate it into their lives and then live their life, right? But Alexis offered kind of a counterpoint to that, um, which I think was very astute, which is they're coming not just for the information, but they're coming for the community, right? A bunch of like-minded people congregating to get together to kind of share their collective experience of, you know, living this lifestyle, whether, you know, plant-based lifestyle, healthy lifestyle, however you want to characterize it. Um, and that's something that I thought, I think I've kind of, I overlooked in my previous synopsis of this thing. And, and so that's got me thinking about not only the importance of community, but how um, you and I can do a better job of, of creating community and also how we can provide other people with the tools to um, create community in their in their own you know in their own living space you know either virtually or in person and the other experience that kind of is informing my thinking on this was our experience going to camp mars a couple weeks ago so um i am uh friendly with uh shannon leto who's in the band uh 30 seconds to mars with his brother jared leto 
And uh, they do this thing every year. This is the second year of it where they put on basically a summer camp. at the. And this year it was in Malibu, pretty close to our house, uh, where they have like 1,500 of their fans come and spend the weekend. And they get to hang out with their fans. They play concerts at night and there's activities during the day. There was no drugs or alcohol like on site. Like, that was the, the coolest premises, thing. Which was amazing. And it was like this really cool wholesome experience where all of their fans got to get together and hang out with each other and also got to you know rub elbows with you know this band that they love and there was something and they had brought in speakers like neil strauss spoke and um there were some climbing people uh who did yoga there. every day they yoga they, shannon did a drum circle at night which was incredible they had a pool people were swimming in this pool and it was just i'd never seen anything like that before like i was really struck by uh, what a unique and powerful thing that was. Like, no band does that, right? And in many ways, this band, you know, irrespective of your musical taste, uh, has made this conscious decision to kind of step out of the paradigm. Like, they've had all this historic, you know, battles with the record labels. They made a documentary about it. And they've just decided, look, we don't have to be the biggest band in the world, but we have fans all over the world that really love us, and let's just cater to them and try to create... Uh, not only you know great music for them, but this special annual experience that we can give to them. Yeah, and they're succeeding, and they have a massive following, and um, you know they really are uh, sort of warriors in this area because they're breaking the paradigm of the old you know uh, setup of the music business and who's controlling what music gets out there, and it's a, just a super exciting time, um, and shows a lot of you know inner strength and just. Uh, following your own way uh, for them to have made the decisions that they made. I'm sure, I know it was not easy. I saw the documentary. They went through hell. Like, they literally risked everything and sued, you know, <clears throat> uh, people in industries in the music business that were very powerful. And, you know, they they went for it. And uh, what they're doing is, is uh, just showing that music is for everybody and there are billions of people on the planet and there's going to be somebody that resonates with you and the things that they're upholding and they're sharing is they're giving this connection they're giving uh i mean who gives a drug and alcohol free opportunity in that you know kind of environment um and really you know they encourage families and and it was also different levels so some people were camping um all the way up to vips that were in tour buses um, so they're they're really doing an amazing job creating community and connecting with their following and bringing the people in close to them. Mm -hmm. Right, and and you know I think both Julie and I can speak for you in saying we walked away from uh, that experience like really inspired by what is possible, right? And well, it's I walked made us, on. I walked right. up and I was like, it's like Plant Power Italia, but just expanded, yeah, you know? Like really big and like in our backyard. Right. And, and actually, we were interested. I mean, we're looking into the venue. Uh, they they generously, you know, said, yeah, absolutely. Check it out. But, um, you know, that would be a great venue for us to do another kind of Plant Power Way retreat that was sort of more of a mass offering for a wider a range of people right, and to welcome affordable yeah much more affordable in different uh, levels and it would be really really beautiful to do it so we are looking into that um and that's a pretty exciting uh to have stumbled upon that wonderful community expression mm -hmm. and i think something that goes kind of uh you know hand in hand or lockstep with you know uh kind of stepping out of 
social constructs or breaking a paradigm or doing something a little bit different, whether it's adopting a plant-based lifestyle or, you know, I don't know, going down the rabbit hole on something that isn't part of, you know, mainstream culture, it can be lonely and alienating. And, and, you know, I was reviewing a bunch of questions that had come in in preparation for this podcast. Um, and there were a lot, you know, there's a common theme in a lot of them, which is, you know, I'm, I listen to the podcast and, you know, I've changed the way that I eat and my perspective around food and lifestyle and, and, you know, fitness and exercise and meditation and all of these things, but I feel alone, you know, and the podcast is like this way of connecting with, uh, like-minded individuals, uh, you know, in sort of a lighthouse kind of way, but in a tactile, like real world, everyday, you know, experience of navigating your life wherever you live, if you're the only one who's doing that, it can be an isolating experience. So how can we cultivate more community around these ideas so that somebody who perhaps is in that situation can uh, start to feel more at ease and more at home with these choices. Yeah, well, I think, you know, as human beings, we long for connection. It's it's really one of the foundational desires or needs of what it means to be a human being. And I think one of the really rough things, I can't believe that happened. I told you. <laughs> I was like, please turn the radar off on your I actually just turned phone. it on because specifically- Why would you turn it on? Because I wanted to actually get this information from, hold on a second. Um, I wanted to find this person who just stopped me. This is actually relevant to, to what we were uh-huh. talking about. Um, I actually, you know, sort of, here she is, Mafalda. Mafalda, hi. Um, anyway, what happened is, is I was actually at Cafe Gratitude yesterday with uh, Shaman for, Shama from Dominher, and she's a representative from Dominher, which is possibly the most successful and the most expanded example of community that exists on the planet. It's a spiritual community. We spoke about it before. We went there before the retreat, and they've you know really really excelled in. It. They have an actual working community that exists of more than 500 people, and then extended community worldwide. And they have their own language, their own currency. They're making products. They're working together. Uh, and you know they admit of their own admission creating community is very hard or living in community is very hard probably much harder than doing something online um, and what happened is I was at Cafe Gratitude with my dear friend Tamara and with Shama and uh, during the dinner uh, Mafalda came up and just ex- you know excused herself and Inter- sort of interrupted and said that you know she just wanted to connect with me and thank me for the work that I'd done on my podcast and that she had just been listening to it for three hours and she was just back from Portugal with her child and uh, I stood up and gave her a hug and was very touched was very very sweet and when she walked away you know Tamara had tears in her eyes and the reason she did is because to be um on the outside and to be misunderstood and to be an outlier is a very painful experience. And what people who are awakening all over the planet and in all small towns across the United States and all across the world or, you know, in Norway or Sweden or China or, you know, wherever you are, when you start to awaken and the rest of your community is not awake, it is a painful experience. And as healers or people that have had awarenesses beyond what the mass consciousness is, we have been the ones who have been um, silenced or uh, marginalized or 
uh, patronized or sort of judged in a way for not being uh, cool or not or having a ridiculous view, you know. And so I think that the people uh, that are you know, awakening in their small town and they're the only vegan, you know, in a meeting in community or the, they're the only one who's starting to meditate or practice yoga, they're feeling this disconnection and it's a true pain uh, of humanity. Right. So how do we uh, get into the solution on that? Well, I think by what we're doing, it's like, you know, you really have to, first of all, you have to uh, try to find a place of neutrality within you and understand that everybody is on their own timeline and their own uh, track of awakening and to understand as much as you can that it's not personal. Um, and one thing that's been really, really helpful for me is to understand that when you when you enter into a level of awareness, it's actually a state of frequency. And a state, of, a state of frequency is not a better than or worse than. So no life form is better or worse than another. You know, the sun is shining on all of us the same. Um, so it's just different. So again, to be able to not take it personally and understand that this is just the process and this is part of going through awakening. Mm -hmm. But I think even if you can get to that sort of mental and emotional state, there's still uh, a sense of loneliness, right? So to bridge that gap uh, and to create, you know, an interpersonal connection with that, I think it has to just start with one individual, you know, like the, the example that comes to mind is what Josh Lajani has done, like down in the, in the bayou, like when he was, you know, undergoing his transformation and, you know, started eating plants and doing all these things that were completely at odds with the culture surrounding him. Uh, I would imagine that was very lonely for him, right? But now he does workshops and he, you know, teaches cooking at, you know, little like restaurants or cafes around his, you know, town and he's working with people in his immediate family. So, of course, none of that happened overnight. Um, it probably happened with him finding, you know, just one person who had, you know, a tangential or slight interest in what he might have to offer and then kind of wedging that door a little bit further open and open and open. And I think by sort of, you know, being that beacon of light, like standing in your strength with conviction about what you're doing, uh, you will over time, you know, attract like-minded souls who are gonna resonate with what you have to offer. Uh, I think there's a commitment there and there's certainly, you know, work that has to get done, but I think if you devote yourself to that, that you can see it through to developing community in your immediate environment interpersonally. And, you know, then beyond that, of course, there's plenty of things that you can do online. Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I think that, you know, Josh is a beautiful living example of, of uh, really being a warrior and really being somebody who has affected great change in his community and within himself. I mean, he is the, the best living example, um, having lost you know, I don't know, maybe 300 pounds Two, and over 200. Yeah. And he's running marathons. Um, he and I won think an ultra, <laughs> he won an ultra. Yay, Josh. The oh, other wow. thing is, is just uh, such a beautiful heart uh, of an individual. I mean, I think the one thing that he never lost was his connection to love and the fact that he loved his community and he loved mm -hmm. his family. And so he was not drawn into judgment and into the violence that can, uh, you know, sort of arise from 
wanting to draw that line in the sand and make that separation. And it is a little bit of a dance because, you know, in spiritual practice, we know that the company you keep is very important. So, you know, for instance, in your case, if you're living a sober life, uh, you don't hang out with addicts. Like there is something to that. So uh, you do, when you embrace this type of lifestyle, you want to connect with like-minded people. And the blessing is, is that we have this internet. So even if you're in the remotest place, you can be listening to this podcast, you can be connecting on Facebook with people. And, and maybe some of that is an illusion. Like maybe some of that social media is, it's not really real. Like, you know, like are, are those people really your friends, like your deep friends, but I found in my own life that it gave me tremendous strength and it helped me when I was really down, when no one in my immediate community was understanding me, I was able to get a sign from the universe via social media, via an email, via something that would always lift me and say, and sort of give me the, okay, keep going. Someone does care about this information. Yeah, so this issue of judgment or perhaps more aptly put, non-judgment, um, is very uh, commingled and intertwined with this subject of community. So this, these are like the two prongs that I wanted to explore today. And I think that you hit the nail on the head when you said that Josh, um, you know, never lost his, his, his love for the people in his life. So what I get out of that is that the solution is not to separate yourself, right? Like, oh, I'm different in this binary way of saying, well, I live my life this way, these people live their life that way, so I'm going to, you know, put my arm, my hand up and remove myself from that community because I'm different. That's not necessarily the solution. So because Josh has such a big heart and he does care so deeply about those people in his life and he doesn't judge them, he was able to... uh um, connect with them, even if they were seeing things a little bit differently, and to create, you know, a bridge so that they could co- not only coexist peacefully but grow together. Definitely, and I think you know one of the great tools and the great wisdoms is to be able to separate the soul or the heart or the person from the action. You can you can look at somebody as we do in our own marriage and say, I don't like what you did. I I don't. I'm not in alignment with your action but I love you unconditionally. And it's a very different thing than to say, I hate what you did and slam a door. Mm-hmm. And so in my, in my mother experience with my own children, I try to experience, I try to express that with them. Like while, and I always clarify it, like while I may not like what you did, I love you and I'm committed to you. So the action's very different. The second thing is, is that there's a difference between judgment and discernment. And this is a very, um, uh, very important thing to understand in spiritual practice, because in the beginning, when you start studying uh, more awakened states of living, um, the human mind wants to separate. They want to say, this is good and that is bad. And, and if you're saying that is bad and this other person is doing it, then inherently they are bad. Like, you know, and it happens in this, in any isms, like any isms that we set up. And so, for instance, in veganism, uh, there's a lot of uh, polarization between people that are all doing their part in their own way for the good. And it is affecting things in a good way. 
but it might be a little different reflection or a little different expression. So I think that we need to really cultivate our wisdom and our awareness and our understanding of what is judgment, which is sort of separating and drawing a line and critical and analytical. And then what is discernment? So discernment is for me in my life, for my vibration, for my soul mission, I'm not going to uh, uh, engage in that activity. But I understand from a higher perspective that even though I'm not engaging that in that activity, there may be a higher divine purpose or that might be a necessary element in that person's journey. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's tricky, it's complicated, and it can be very subtle, right? Like where do we, uh, you know, where do we draw the line? Like if you say, I'm trying to practice non-judgment in my life, well, inherently, just because you've incarnated into the human body, you spend a lot of time judging. <laughs> you know, we all do all day long. Like part of our, our brains are hardwired to make decisions. Like you said, this is good, this is bad, um, in oftentimes a very binary way. Uh, and that's how we tend to, you know, avoid danger and, you know, navigate the world as best as we can to, you know, be safe and make our way, et cetera. Um, but at what point does judgment become necessary, right? If you say, look, it's not for me to judge anyone else. Like I'm trying to be non-judgmental. So if let's anchor it like in, in a very practical real world sense. Um, if you're online, like there's a lot of noise, like there's a lot of opinions. We're coming up on an election or all you have to do is watch uh, you know, vegan YouTube channels, like these people are all arguing with each other. Everybody has a different point of view. There's a lot of low blows and character, you know, assassinations going on. And I've often thought like, do I have a responsibility to offer an opinion here? Or do I exempt myself? Like I want to be non-judgmental of other people's journey and be this lighthouse and just stand in my truth and, and emit that frequency and try to attract like-minded people to that. And by just sort of, um, you know, walking my walk and, you know, walking my talk, uh, that is how I see myself in, you know, the, the best way for me to advocate that's in alignment with my personality. But at some point, do we not have a responsibility to say, actually, you know what, I need to say that this is wrong and this is, this is bad and I do have a judgment on this and that's rooted in my experience and everything that I've learned and, uh, you know, my my advocacy now is turning towards trying to arrest whatever this behavior that I see out in the world uh, that I think is causing ill or harm. Uh, yeah, I mean, again, I would say that it's refined levels of understanding the difference between judgment and discernment, because energetically, when you say the word judgment, it feels like a low vibrating uh, quality, a mm -hmm. low vibrating energy. It's not a high vibrating energy. And I don't think anybody that ever needed needed help, needed a hand, needed awareness, needed support, ever changed from the energy of judgment. Judgment simply shuts down and creates separation. Now, if we move to the word discernment, it has a very different energetic quality. So if there is a train barreling down the tracks, I'm not going to stand in front of the train because, you know, for whatever reason and get run over by the train. It's, it's discernment. Right, but, but, that, but that speaks to your own personal behavior. 
as opposed to your opinion on somebody else's okay. behavior. So again, going to opinions, what is an opinion and who are you in the planet and who are you in the cosmos? And where is the arrogance of humanity that we think we know what's right for everybody else in every case? We don't. Where you can share and what this is the cultivation of the change that is happening on the planet is happening from people sharing their own personal perspectives, which is rooted in experience. That's all we can do. That's all I'm doing here on this show with you. That's all I'm doing in everything that I'm sharing. I'm sharing my own personal experience. Uh, that's why I, you know, I eat coconut oil and I cook with nuts because that's my personal experience. You know, I had my own journey, my own healing experience. Um, I can only share from my own experience and remain authentic. I can't look to you know, uh, you know, forks over knives or other people who don't use oil, I respect them. I respect them in their decision. Um, I don't draw a line or a separation and say they're bad and I'm good or I'm bad or they're good. I'm simply living my own perspective. So I think it's a perspective is the word, not judgment. Mm -hmm. um, judgment is not ever going to if you're if you're using it in that way if you're saying if you're if you're mixing and you're saying judgment is discernment but discernment is a different thing it's like you make choices in your life and they affect your life that's discernment that's wisdom mm -hmm. but it's not done with animosity or a feeling of i'm better than someone else and one of the things that's been interesting recently for me is i've been coming to this awareness of you know, just consider, like, let's just say that let's just go on a little fantasy and imagine if you were a multidimensional being, what identities would you have embodied in all those thousands of, you know, lifetimes or simultaneous times? What would they be? Would you have been a prince? Would you have been an actor? Would you have been a bum? Would you have been a drunk? Would you have been... Uh, a father? Would you have been a thief? Uh, would you have caused harm, killed somebody? I really feel like spiritual maturity is when you understand that you either were or you could have been any of those things, any of those identities. And so for me, it's to judge someone else is, it's almost not, it's not possible because I feel myself in all of them. I feel myself in every flavor of creation. And with that awareness gives a maturity and an ability to allow people their own experience. And now also trusting in something beyond that there is a greater force and that by committing ourselves to that greater force in devotion, in love, in service, in commitment, and doing the very, very best that we can to live our own unique divine blueprint, that somehow, by the grace of Divine Mother, something extraordinary and miraculous will evolve, will bloom. Mm -hmm. If you boil that down to brass tacks, what you're really saying is, the more that you can cultivate empathy in your life, the drive or compulsion to judge starts to evaporate. Beautifully put. Right? So if you're, 
if if you have a deep sense of empathy, then you're able to see the gray in everything, right? And you're able to see beyond your own ego and agenda to the humanity and everybody. In other words, to say that we all have our own truth and that we lack the perspective to make a judgment call on the inherent value of any person's decisions or experiences. At the bot, you know, beneath that, though, I mean, if you want to go down some kind of philosophical rabbit hole, there is some objective moral truths that exist in the world. We all have our subjective truths about our lives, and everybody is operating under, you know, under their version of what that truth is. And I think it is wise to cultivate that um, that level of empathy and to stay out of judging other people's experiences and truths. Um, but at some point when somebody's subjective truth contravenes what I think we could all agree is a is a kind of a moral imperative, is there not some compulsion to act or to speak, right? I mean, that's why we have the rule of law and, and all of that. Very amazing question and very, very deep thing to contemplate. Like, and Right. So what, sorry, I don't want to interrupt, but just to finish that thought, what is our responsibility what is your responsibility as somebody who's lived a life and has certain experiences when you observe something that you know you can see through your empathy to an objective wrong that perhaps could be uh could be cured could be course corrected should you choose to act or to speak okay well what i would say to that is i would say um that uh, if you can cure it within yourself, then you can cure it within the world. If it's really clear within yourself and completely healed, then you can, you know, then you then you you have a chance of curing it in the world. What I'm saying so is, what would it's in, all an inside job. So what is it? What would be an example of that? Well, anything. I mean, you know, anything. I don't. I don't know if I can really articulate it in that way. But just getting back to morals, I just want to say something before this leads leaves my consciousness, and then I'll get back to that. Is you know what are what are morals and what are rules and you know what are something like the Ten Commandments or you know or uh, you know anything you know uh, ahimsa. In yogic tradition, if you if you look at a very pure way of being and living, if one knows himself or herself, and is living in alignment with those values at a very very deep level, the actions are spontaneously correct, are are, are spontaneously high and high alignment. So we don't need rules or morals. Like I'm afraid of moral of that word morals because. Morals could imply a dogma that you impose on another being. Like, let's just take sexuality, for example. Somebody could have a moral uh, opinion that having sex with same-sex people is evil. And what I'm saying is there are so many types of life forms in creation. You can't make a moral setup that applies to every situation in every condition. And so in Tantra... The whole point of practice, yoga practice, is to be aligned with yourself naturally. So if you give uh, charity or support or a gift, it's a spontaneous act and it's disconnected from your ego or identity. If you're in right alignment, you will not harm. 
you would not harm someone out of alignment. Now, this doesn't mean that, let's say, somebody broke into your house and they were going to kill your children. Um, you would kill them to protect your children. That's not right. That's not bad alignment. It's spontaneous within the thing. Are you going to say, I'm a peaceful person, so then go ahead? I'm, you know, so these are the little intricacies. And I, I think that because of religions and because of dogma, we get caught up in this morality and then somehow the ego attaches to it and thinks it has a job to do to teach someone else how to be moral and you know i don't know about you but i'm so connected with my imperfections so connected with you know just just this life this life of julie pyatt and formerly julie mathis you could write my life and you could make me out to be a, a horrible person, a whore, a drug addict, a gold digger. I mean, I could do it. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I've chosen this perspective and, you know, I giggle, I giggle because we had some, um, we have some interference at our house a long time ago uh, with a very dark energy that actually sold me the land to the house. And at some point during our dark night, um, they sent, they had to send a cleaning crew over to our house to clear the trees and the brush for fire. And we had no money to pay for it. So it was attached to a tax bill or something. And the crew came and uh, they had been told by this disgruntled neighbor that we shot pornography at our house. And it took me two whole days to figure it out. She was acting very weird. And I stood next to her and just in my center point for a very long time. And I actually asked you to leave. And I stayed there with her. I have no memory. This, of this. is a very profound experience that happened. And I I discovered that she had been told that we were pornography. We made pornography <laughs> and she was after she sort of checked it all out she was like yeah I think you guys are just creative and I don't see anything weird going on here but I giggled after the whole thing um, I ended up sending her away of course with a copy of autobiography of a yogi from Yogananda <laughs> and but the point of, of me telling the story right now is that it was a hilarious perspective as I reflected in meditation that here I fancied myself this spiritual uh, being a seeker and somebody who you know only cares about um, our connection to God and here this other person uh, viewed me as a pornographer mm -hmm. which actually was not true in any way but uh, what I'm saying is it's really all about perspective and so it's an inside job so I would say that many of us have a lot of inner work to do and to attend to before we start judging other people and so it's the old thing you, you don't throw stones if you live in a glass house and you know all of us will be on our knees at some point in our life. Life does not let anyone off of that. So in a way, there's no need for you to judge or for us to judge or for us to tell another person. And as we always say, the best, most powerful thing is to be a living example. keep becoming more and more clear, more expanded, more in alignment, more authentic, more loving, be that and walk in a room and have everybody just, you know, love, love right. you and feel love. Well, the adage is don't throw stones if you live in a glass house, but everybody lives in a glass house, right? We're all deeply flawed. I'm, you know, I'm, I'm not 
highly, highly deeply flawed individual. And that's why I experienced discomfort at the prospect of levying judgment on someone else because I wouldn't want that coming in my direction. And I'm hardly a perfect human being, right? So we're all open and available for being judged by others. Uh, and, and we live in a culture in which it's not only encouraged, but it's rewarded, you know, on the, on the level of, you know, insanity with social media, et cetera, like the sort of celebration of schadenfreude that exists when, you know, somebody is hoisted from their petard is, you know, very troubling. And it's a very troubling trend in, in you know, in our current society. Um, and I think that, that, you know, maybe I'm just a sensitive person, but I remember like when I was practicing law, when I was a litigator, one of the things that was very difficult for me was that I was always able to see the other side's argument. Like your job is to advocate for your client, right? To like just get behind them 110% and see the world their way and, you know, argue on their behalf. But I was always like, yeah, but that guy's got a good point over there. <laughs> you know, I kind of like, get where he's I coming from. I kind of like, can I switch sides? You know, like... That's not good. I mean, it's good in the in an it, as an intellectual exercise to be able to understand all the arguments, and that arms you with the ability to then you know come up with counter arguments to the arguments that you understand. But at the same time, I don't know that it made me a very good advocate. And I and I remember thinking like I'm just I think I'm just too sensitive for this because I could just live in the gray, mm-hmm. you know. And I think the gray is where we all live. And I think cultivating a deeper uh, sense of awareness about that is you know not the worst thing that you can do absolutely and i mean just to kind of stay on point with with part of your and my message is going into this vegan movement and and really the issue of you know i don't go on those youtube channels so i don't really know what's going on i just hear it from you like i'm kind of like not really in that world but because i don't like to call myself a vegan or like raise a flag i i hashtag vegan but you know i just don't like rules around me and you know, I was raised in Alaska on gay meat, as most of you know who listen to the podcast. And, um, you know, my dad was a hunter. And in many ways, I have deep respect for my father because at least he knew what he was doing. He wasn't going to buy a package in a store completely disconnected. And so if he could do what he did and skin something and carry it, you know, and f- sleep on a glacier and fly across, you know, in a tin can across Mount McKinley, well, I guess he can eat it. You know, who am I to say he can't eat it? And I think within our own lives, I mean, in the early days, you know, PETA was the first one to really, one of the first ones to recognize us and really help you. And we needed that help desperately at that time. And, you know, they came in and they were coming to our house and you and I were freaking out because I was like, oh shit, you know, we have like a leather chair. Like, are we going to get blood thrown on us? You know, (laughs) and much to our delight, you know, Lisa was really amazing and very, very, um, you know, kind of relaxed about it and uh, which I know is not, you know, always their MO, but she, at least in our home, she was like that. And, you know, I think it's just a process, you know, we have to respect that everybody has their own process. And like, for instance, with leather shoes, you know, I know a lot of vegan women and they're, you know, animal rights activists, like hardcore, and then they draw the line at leather vegan shoes. And I get it because, um, you know, plastic shoes really hurt your feet, you know, and you end up with bunions and weird shaped feet after a few years 
years. So the way that I've dealt with it is I just don't buy new ones, you know, I, but I'm old enough that I have like some good shoes and I just took them and got them all repaired at the shoe repair guy. And I was so happy to have my, my shoes back. But if you see me, you'll see me in a pair of leather shoes. You know, I mean, that's where I'm at. It's like, I'm not, I'm not perfect. I'm not exact. I'm not black and white, but I think that every day, uh, we all can strive or can have the intention to look deeper into our footprint. You know, what kind of waste are you leaving behind in your work? What kind of waste are you leaving behind in the activities that you choose to do? Are you doing anything that's excessive? And can we simplify and, you know, uh, try to find sustainable companies um, that, you know, maybe this maybe it's worse to buy a bunch of vegan fast fashion and get new clothes every season that pollute, you know, who knows what's in a lot of the synthetics you don't know. Or is it, or is it? You have to have like a 10,000 foot view on everything. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, if you're going to the vintage clothing store and buying a used pair of leather boots, you know, that have existed on the planet for 20 years. Which I love, I love doing that. What is the like if you like if you just approach it from an ethical and sustainability perspective, what is the you know ahimsa equation or the harm created by that versus you know buying a bunch of vegan or fast fashion clothes that come out of a you know some kind of crazy you know factory uh, in the third world where they're creating you know incredibly toxic runoff that's going into the rivers that's killing a bunch of fish so even though it's technically vegan if you if you look at the whole chain of supply the harm that it's causing is perhaps greater and i think the more you can kind of cultivate a 10,000 foot view that allows you to uh also generate a deeper level of non-judgment right because we're all living in this world and none of us are perfect and we all require resources to live and those resources and the decisions that we make about how we live our life have ramifications, create ripple effects around the world, some bigger than others. Uh, but to be aware that none of us are exempt from that, um, I think you know, allows you to tap into that gray space and cultivate a little bit more empathy and non-judgment. Yeah, and trust that, you know, just because someone else in the vegan movement or in, uh, you know, let's just say planetary stewardship or sustainability or trying to draw awareness um, isn't exactly like you, uh, they are needed and they are reaching some set of people and we need all of us. All of us are needed. So um, it's not about the person who's out there judging people like crazy. Well, I mean, that's their choice. I would, you know, in my, from my perspective, I would say that that's not very constructive. Um, But I'm not going to spend time in there. I'm not going to go in there and judge that person or tell that person. That's just me getting sucked into it. No, I'm going to go keep creating my amazing recipes and put up my yoga videos. But I'm saying like even, you know, like forget about like the plant-based movement and Mm -hmm. any of that. Just like in general, like in the world on any issue. Again, uh, the only way we can truly transform the world is by transforming ourselves. And if by enough of us finding that light and embodying it and standing up 
and screaming from the mountaintops, not obnoxiously, but in true delight, in true joy, in true desire for a better way. That's how we will affect a change. And it becomes infectious because the energy will draw more energy to it. You'll ignite other people that are just on the edges of awakening into their own voice. And we're on a, we're at a crucial moment. Um, it is, it is very important that we all use all of our energy to the best of our ability to find our authentic voice and live that full on, full out, full on. It'll come in a million different varieties, a million different expressions because life is like that. But if we, we all do that, which is such a, what an amazing mission to know yourself. What a, that's, what a great gift that that's what we get to do. Stop looking out at all this other stuff and, you know, try to, try to stay away from the rules, the isms, the judgments. It's, it's not important. Cultivate within yourself and turn the mirror inside your own heart. Clear what's in, imbalanced inside your own heart. Um, there's no need to judge. No one gets away with anything. Everything is answered for. So any ill or anything that's, that's uh, affected in this life will be answered for in its universal law. It will happen. It, they don't need, we don't need humans to be doing that. And the work is never done, right? You can never reach the bottom of that, you know, search to cultivate the maximum amount of, you know, authentic expression in your life. Like, you know, you can devote your entire life to that. And that's a, that's a worthy devotion. It is the most worthy devotion. And I believe, I mean, that has been the answer for me. Absolutely. You know, I think that this podcast and everything that's grown out of it and the community that has, you know, flourished around it is a result of, you know, a persistent, constant practice of, of um, you know, accepting myself and continually trying to work on what needs to be worked on, right? As imperfectly as that is and has been. Yeah, definitely. And by doing that, and speaking to that and being open about that and allowing myself to be vulnerable about that, um, to invite people into that journey and invite them as well to do that in their own lives, I think has been, you know, sort of the secret sauce in this podcast adventure. Absolutely. And I mean, the work, it, the evolution just goes on for eternity. So once we've evolved to a certain level here, I mean, really, if you look at the whole picture, like we're really just, you know, ants, even smaller than ants. So we're not really that significant in the whole thing. But um, we're, we're significant and insignificant both at the same time. But if we, um, it'll just go forever. Like once you light body from here, then there's a whole nother, you know, experience. It's just, you know, it's the feminine principle. She's creating always, always for eternity. We'll never stop. We'll never stop. There was an article that I read yesterday <laughs> in, that uh, actually Dan McPherson tweeted it. Um, and it was an article on a scientific journal that SETI uh, had discovered a, had intercepted an interstellar signal that they believe has the potential to be extraterrestrial. But not only that, to be extraterrestrial from a very advanced civilization that's like 96 million light years away or in something the future like probably well there, there was some there was some uh aspect of the signal because of the way it was being emitted like in all directions at the same time 
with great force that is leading them to believe that this is very advanced mm -hmm. and it's very early on there's much work to be done to figure out what exactly is going on and who knows i have no experience or you know knowledge about how all of this stuff works but i think just reading that like we're in a time now where where i don't know if you've noticed this but with regularity you'll read news stories and you're like is that satire or is that real like the crazy advances that are occurring on an almost daily basis are coming with such regular frequency that you're like oh yeah like oh you know artificial intelligence is now doing this like things are happening very very quickly and to me it's easy to get numbed out and go oh here's another crazy thing that like if you told me 10 years ago i would have said was absolutely impossible but when i read stories like that like i don't know if that's true or not or what's really going on there but at least it infuses me with a little bit more humility and a sense of awe that the greater play that is going on is so much more vast than our small brains are able to comprehend that it's not really my business you know what somebody else is doing like how can like, I we're like we're like I'm like trying to figure out dude how to you're wearing like leather that. shoes or, <laughs> you know you you ate meat or you're eating fake meat or like whatever it is it's mm -hmm. just it's you know listen it's just a it's a it's a level but yeah it's to me it's a incredibly inspiring and expansive and adventurous and 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 hopeful it's like we're much more than a human body and the one thing that i just want to share is the the thing that will keep you in alignment and keep you safe and keep you connected through all of the craziness that's going on as we uh, sort of the veil thins, we call it. The veil is thinning and there are many life forms here on the planet and other stuff going on that we, we've never even seen before. And your your way, your compass is to connect with your inner heart, to connect with directly to source and understand that the human being is a divine uh, being. It has a divine blueprint. And we've forgotten that. We've been separated from it. And there's the you know allure of consumerism and wanting to stay young and buy more, achieve more, get more. Um, all of this kind of noise that's happening. Also, a lot of the AI is not high vibrating. It's very, 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 very malevolent to humans. So understand you're a divine being. Uh, spend the time, cultivate that. Understand that you are God. You're an emanation of God. And you incarnated on this planet at this moment in time to grab that, to, to remember that and reignite that, however that is for you. Um, this is a beautiful time to be on the planet. We should be moving forth in joy, in hope, and uh, with all the energy we can muster to cultivate the higher vibrating energies and experiences. So again, there's only love and um, we have to not buy into the fear programs, um, to the different events that are being perpetrated on the planet in an effort to keep us from our true nature. I think that's a beautiful place to cap it. I can't imagine, you know, ending it on a better note than that. But before we close it down, thank you. That was beautiful. Um, before we close it down, I kind of wanted to circle back a little bit to this idea of community where we kicked it off. And, you know, what I would like to do is try to cultivate greater community around you guys, the listeners. Um, around the podcast audience. And I don't know what that looks like specifically, but I'm interested in 
creating new ways uh, of doing that. You know, we get lots of emails from a lot of different people from all over the world. It's incredibly touching and, and moving to receive that and to know that people are being impacted by this program and the work that Julie and I are doing. But how can we, you know, bridge the gap between, um, you know, where we are and what we're doing and what all of you guys are doing out there. So whether that means, you know, creating a new Facebook page, you know, at least in the virtual landscape to uh, allow some discussion and some connection uh, around the podcast, I'd be open to doing that. Uh, You know, a Reddit thread, there there actually is a Reddit thread under my name right now. It's reddit.com forward slash r forward slash rich roll, but no one uses it. So I don't think that's the solution. Um, So if anybody has any thoughts on how we could achieve that, I'd be very interested in hearing uh, hearing that. You can send us an email. Uh, Beyond that, you know, perhaps being better about doing meetups when we're in cities you know beyond public appearances like hey you know we're going to eat here like whoever wants to come or whatever like i want to be able to connect with people uh in in a more uh in-depth way than than we have to date uh and you know do you have any ideas on how we could do that yeah i mean i think it would be great i mean i think eventually live uh, podcasts is another thing that i've talked a lot about and have yet to do that would be good i think um I think that eventually uh, having a platform that is actually a subscription community is quite powerful where you can go deeper and more specific into, you know, individual needs and questions. So that would be something. Uh, But in the meantime, uh, what some of my listeners on my podcast, Divine Throughline, they've created a Facebook page. And so I've just made three of them admins and they're starting to, mm-hmm. we're starting to get that up and running. And, um, you know, I don't have time for it right now and they're, they're creating the space and, um, you know, it's worked really well with Plant Power Italia. We have a closed group for that uh, community. So I think it's maybe something like that would be really awesome for the Rich Roll podcast. Yeah, that could be cool. And, you know, I, I have this Patreon account now that, you know, is for people that really want to go the extra mile and donate to the show. But I want to be able to use that in a way that is of service to the people that are doing that, right? Like if you donate a certain amount, then maybe I can do a, a monthly, you know, Google Hangout or, you know, I don't know. I, I, I don't know specifically what that would look like, but I want to leverage that platform uh, in a way that, is more um, productive for the people that are contributing. Right. So if any of you have any ideas or any suggestions, you know, let Rich know. Um, he His schedule is super busy and um, it would be great if it was something that was streamlined and, and you know, easy for you to drop in or, or provide content for. Um, so we just need to figure out the structure, but, you know, I think it would be immense. I mean, I know when I'm out in the community and I meet your podcast fans, it's, you know, they're passionate and they're committed. And, uh, I think that they would enjoy this kind of interaction with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it would be great. So thanks. All right. So community and non-judgment, those are the two big themes today. Uh, I think the biggest takeaway is work on cultivating the best version of yourself, which is obviously the macro theme of this podcast, uh, and uh, and to try to cultivate community in your own personal environment, both virtually and on a one-on-one basis if you're feeling lonely, right? Mm-hmm. Do you have any final thoughts on that? Yeah, I would say that 
uh, remember that you are a divine emanation of God and you were created uh, from a very special, unique blueprint. We need you to be more of who you are. So spend your life cultivating that relationship with yourself uh, and you will bless uh, yourself and everyone around you in the highest divine way. All right. Excellent. I think we did it. Beautiful. Yeah. Thanks, Julie. Thanks, darling. All right, you guys. So uh, I will see you back here in a couple days at the most uh, one week from now. If you're digging on Julie, she's easy to find on the internet. She's at Srimati, S-R-I-M-A-T-I on Instagram and Twitter, but you're really killing it on Instagram right now with all the food photos. Like Julie's hard at work on this cheese book, uh, plant-based cheese uh, book uh, that she's trying to deliver and the photography and the recipes that are coming out of our kitchen factory right now are absolutely insane. So if you want to tap into that, uh, check that out. And of course, Julie's podcast, Divine Through Line. Yeah, Divine Through Line is uh, on iTunes and also on SoundCloud. And uh, if you want more spiritual soul food, go there. And also um, subscribe to my newsletter on my website, srimati.com, for uh, soul food and also free recipes every week. I'm sorry to be teasing you with the cheese. I have a new hashtag that's called Cheese Tease. It was given to me by another Instagram follower. I got to find him, but it was very funny. I think he's a chef too. Because you're putting up all these amazing Yeah, and then I don't give the recipe. Everyone's recipe, please, recipe, Yeah, no, I just can't. You're trying to write a book right now. Right, no. Um, But anyway, I will, I am giving recipes on the weekly newsletter and also, you know, I'll find some way to, to, um, to give you some gifts and teach you some stuff but anyway yeah so subscribe to the newsletter so you can get um that early uh early notice and early feed i'm way early it's the release is in 2017 so i don't know exactly when it is and uh, i just want to thank my uh, beautiful and amazing soul sister leah uh for taking some amazing photos and being my my yoga soul sister Mm -hmm. yeah she's doing a great job uh and also if you haven't signed up for my newsletter uh you can do that at ritual.com in addition to weekly podcast updates i send out something every thursday called roll call which is a really short email blast with just some cool recommendations things that i enjoyed reading uh over the past week or listening to or products that i think are cool just a really basic kind of thing but people have been enjoying it the feedback's good and i'm having a good time putting that together every week so you can do that all right peace plants namaste If you miss the train, I...